All right, folks, it's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Hour number two, Sirius 159, and the Sports Grid Radio Network. Jumping on here in Vegas, AM 1400 KSHP. Quite the morning in Vegas and Buffalo. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot, the long-awaited Jack Eichel trade has gone down. And once again, Vegas throwing chum in the water, deep-sea fishing, and they hooked the Marlins, Stevie. They got him, and, you know, social media, fans can be funny. I know you fall in love with guys that have been around here, but I will just say this, and if is always the word, he's having disc replacement surgery. I mean, Vegas wins the lottery here. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, you, you know, Alex Tuck hurt now. Uh, when he comes back, we know big, powerful, fast, tons of upside. Can be a dominant guy. You're you're trying to get consistency out of Alex Tuck. That's what you want more than anything. He's off to Buffalo along with Vegas's top prospect Peyton Krebs, who won't play in the lineup tonight. In fact, he was immediately assigned to Rochester by the Sabers. Which will be a good thing for him, and I'll, I'll I'll talk more about that in a bit. But basically, they the B- Buffalo's getting a first, a second, Tuck and Krebs, and then they're clowning around with third round picks. the The bottom line, Stevie, this guy Eichel is one of a handful of guys you go to hockey games and go. Oh, my God, did he just do that? He's that good. He really is that good. And I was uh, talking to Jay Cornegay this morning. We'll be over at the Superbook tomorrow, by the way, for the Breeders' Cup, first day of the Breeders' Cup. We'll be talking about the Breeders' Cup coming up here with Rich Ang in a couple of segments. And we were just you know, talking about, you know, he, he goes to the games, right? He's got season day. I said, you're going to be so happy when you see what this guy can do. But I was saying to Jay, too, when you look at Eichel's career numbers, what also gets lost in the chaff here. All the assists? No. The one year, the first practice, I'm sorry, pardon me, the last practice prior to the first game of the year, Eichel got tied up with Zemgus Gergensen's and had a high ankle sprain. He played until Christmas. He was out for a while. And then he played on one foot the one year. Seriously. And the, the strike shortened season, he was on a pace for 50 goals. He was getting it. He was, you know, if he comes back and he's playing, Stevie, he's a point-and-a-half game player in Buffalo. He's going to be a two-point-a-game guy here. He really is. But most importantly for the Vegas Golden Knights fans, he is fixing a god-awful power play. I mean, come on. This power play is no joke. This is historically bad. You didn't score a goal in the, play, in the semis against Montreal. You're 0-18. You haven't scored a power play goal this year, right? You're going to win a cup. And everyone say, oh, Vegas is a cup contender. You're not a cup contender with a power play like that. This guy fixes this power play, instantly fixes the power play. And he's a dominant 5-on-5 guy with analytics you know I could care less about. But the eyeball test, when he's got it, try taking it away from him. And Vegas only gave up Krebs, who's on the <laughs> roster as of today. I mean, that's the truth. No, that's the thing. That's the thing when I got up and saw this this morning for the first time. I go, that is what Kevin Adams waited all this time for? That deal? Are you kidding me? A protected, 
uh, uh, first rounder, uh, but a protected top 10. And then what, the other one was a second rounder in 23. Krebs, who has potential, but he also has the potential of being injured. He's been injured here twice already in his young career. And, and Tuck, who's always injured. Three of the last four years. Well, I mean, the risk of the, the surgery season. is what kept the price I, I, to what it was. I got to tell you. But where I, I think Adams missed the boat. I mean, I mean, and I and I think he's done a great job. And we don't know what calls were coming and, you know, what, what other. He said this was the best offer. That's what he said. That's fine. That this was the best offer. He would, that's not fine for me. If I'm Kevin Adams, I hang up the phone and I say, go get the surgery. I'm not trading you for this. Well, okay, that's fine. I, I'm a Sabres fan. I'm not happy. I mean, I think that Vegas Vegas wins again. They win on this deal, and we'll we'll see how this all shakes out if this surgery goes well. If I was Adams, and the one thing I would have definitely been really pushing for is, okay, here's the deal. All right, I'll sign this deal. But if you want to say after March you put conditions on it or the start of next year, if Michael plays a minimum – 60 games next year, or he gets 80 points, I want another conditional one. I would have put conditions on this if I was a Sabres. I, I, mean, I mean, because this will haunt them for years if Eichel comes here and goes nuts. I don't have a problem with that, but, you know, again, the conditional one is going to be at the end of the first round. Um, I, I would just, for me, I would have started with Hag and Brisson. That's where I would have started if I'm Adams. And, and he got neither of those guys. I, I this isn't the I cannot believe that this is what Kevin Adams was waiting for all this time. This deal. Well, the other thing we've yet to talk about, we got Vegas Hockey Island locally coming up, and we're gonna be taking your calls, take calls from folks in Buffalo, whatever. It's gonna be a fun hockey hour. Uh, Vegas can't be done. I mean, at some point, right? There's guys got gonna have to be moved that again is, because that, there ain't no room dollar wise. That's correct. That is, and we haven't even talked about that. that. From from that aspect, this deal is not done. Other people have to go. All right, we're coming back to Vegas. It's Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network, and AM 1400 KSHP. Brian Blessing and Stevie Slapshot. Head to the end of the week. Big morning, crazy morning. It was a nutty night last night. We should do another little bit here on this Eichel trade because last night, Kevin Weeks doesn't chime in too often with, you know, deals and things that are out there. But in many instances, he's right. Emily Kaplan said it was Vegas and Calgary. He was throwing Kachuk's name up out up in Calgary. And I guess a Sabres guy, I'm like, oh, really? 
Hello, McFly. I mean that that'd be unbelievable. So anyway, we're, we're, just real quick though, Adam said Kachuk was never part of the deal. Adam said that on Twitter. No, no. Well, that's what you get. I mean, you're listening to all this stuff, but these are for the most part. I mean, there've been a lot of credible people that have a very good track. The funny thing is, at the end of the day, right? The guy that ultimately put this out, I believe, was Darren Dreger. Okay. And he was the one, he was kind of under the radar on this the whole time, other than it's running hot, it's running cold. Never mention names, you know. I mean, a guy like Haig's name was thrown out out of nowhere. Uh, now, Kachuk, and you wonder these other teams now, you know, these teams are all, half of these teams are in action tonight. How's Vegas going to react at Ottawa? You know, Calgary, all these guys are sitting there, Monaghan and Mangiapane and Kachuk, well, what, what, our names are out there? Yeah. You know, how do they react? Buffalo plays at Seattle tonight. They may be like, okay, fine. We, it's over. It's right. done. You know, they may run and go and, and big underdog tonight. Yep. Or there's an air out of the balloon where they were trying to prove something until the trade was going on. It's amazing how th- this thing will impact so many teams and individual games. I, I wonder if, 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 if members of the Sabres haven't. You know, watch Tuck play and watch Krebs play, and they're excited to have them on their team, even though they're not there right now. But the, but the potential uh, of those guys joining them, if you know, if they're not happy this thing's behind them, and those guys are coming in at some point, that they might have some jump in their step. The one thing Krebs got sent to Rochester, and I hope he embraces that. I hope he doesn't feel like, you know, the, the rug was completely pulled out from underneath him. I would think any guy walking out of here ain't happy. There's, yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of reasons. I'm right. not going to knock any hockey market. I love Buffalo dearly. But you're walking out of here. And this is what I said when William Carlson signed his contract, all these guys signed these team-friendly deals. That's great today, but what if they trade you? So Alex Tuck, not only is he leaving a place where he's been entrenched, he loses money. Yeah. I mean, the tax is there. Correct. There's no taxes here. Right. Yep, yep, that's correct. I I, I, I hope, too, that, that, that Krebs isn't down over going to Rochester. Again, Adam said today, I just want him to develop correctly. He, he's going to be with the big club at some point. Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, they do. But, what, but is that, it's more than they're just throwing the kid down to Rochester. No, they're throwing him down there for a reason. Right. Because they've got Jack Quinn, who's the leading scorer in the AHL, was the eighth pick of the draft. J.J. Paterka is better than Jack Quinn. He throws Krebs down there. Have those guys play as a line. Right. That makes sense. Play as a line in the AHL and come up and go nuts. We've seen Pittsburgh. We've seen other teams. If you play it right, not only is he going, you know, it's not he's going down there. He's going down there to be with who he's going to be with. Right. Because that could be the trio that could be the line of the future for the organization. Absolutely. And, and, and then in, in the AHL, you would assume you, you put those lines together, they're, they're going to have success. That builds confidence, right? So, and, and confidence players, you, that, then you bring them up you know, whenever you do. Well, the, the good thing is he's going down there with two guys. Like you said, Quinn's the leading scorer in the AHL. But Turk is dishing out assists left and right. He goes down there. You know, Krebs went down when he played. He was dishing out assists the other day, right? When they had the yeah. the six day break, he went. There. Those guys go down there. They're going to light it up. So when they come up, they're going to have confidence. Did you? Happen so to- I, I hope. I wish the best for the kid. Did you happen to watch any of uh, Chicago Blackhawks last night? 
bits and pieces. Fleury let in a horrible goal. He, he let in two horrible goals. But, but by the way, speaking of Fleury, guess what they were doing in practice before the game yesterday? He, I think the, I think the goaltending coach's name is Jimmy Waite. He was working with Fleury on handling the puck. Something they never did here, apparently, based based on the way he handled it here. How many years, Stevie? Four. Four years. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can't. But more teams just didn't dump the puck around, make them play the puck. So the, Montreal did. How'd that work out? Yeah. The the reason I ask you is I watched you know Patrick Kane. God, that guy is so good. How close is Eichel to Patrick Kane when Eichel's right? Is 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 he that kind of a player? Uh, well, Patrick Kane's longevity and what he does in his creativity with the puck. Yeah, from a controlling a game aspect. Yeah. Similar but different. Okay. Kane is more, you know, incredible in a in a phone booth. You know. Yeah. Eichel has such a when you see him with the puck, you want the reach is unbelievable. He's got a long stick. And he has a really weird, awkward stride. Okay. But what's unbelievable about Eichel is, I mean, after the first step, he's full speed. Okay. He's a rocket sled. And he's got one of the best wrist shots in the game. He's got an incredible one-timer for the power play. No, I mean, it's, I'm telling you, we, we got to put always put the caveat on how does he come out of this disc replacement surgery, but... There was a play People here in Vegas. Don't be pouting over Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs. I mean, you. I mean, you have no idea what just fell in your lap here. It's it, it's a steal, Brian. It, it, they they got him for again. I got him for nothing. So, so I'm watching uh, parts of the Blackhawks last night while I'm eating dinner. Kane is is on a break. Th- three guys. I forget who's on the other side, but Taves is on one side, and they're going you know as fast as you can go. And he puts on the brakes to create space. To get the puck to Taves right on the tape, it was just a beautiful play, because most guys just keep going, right at that speed. But 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 Kane had, you know, has the foresight to know if he if he puts on the brakes here, that gives him the space to oh, make. Oh, he's got eyes in the back of his head. Yeah, I mean, just a just a beautiful play. No stick handling. I mean, no comparison. Kane. Okay. Okay. Kane can dangle. Um, Eichel's kind of a. I wouldn't say power guy, but he's a speed guy. Okay. I mean, he'll terrorize you with speed. All right. Well, that's enough of that. What, what, do you – Devontae Adams coming back. Uh, Lazard is back uh, on Monday, and maybe they get uh, Vontez Scantling back. Having the receivers back, does that help Jordan Love, or does sure. it not make any difference because oh, Jordan no. Love is not uh, Rodgers? Well, he's not Rodgers, but – Watched him in the preseason. He made a lot of good plays, but as is the case with young quarterbacks, made a couple of really bad decisions, like tried to do too much. Lance kind of did the same thing with San Fran a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, Rain him in a little bit. You know, ma- Not manage the game because he can make plays with his feet, but be smart with the ball. Now, the one thing is you're throwing this kid into the deep end of the pool. You're right. talking Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. You know, for your first start. But the one thing is, although the Chiefs D did play better, but it was against the Giants. Would you are are you thinking about taking a look at Kansas City here? This is they, they got to believe that this is a chance for them to right the ship. 
against Jordan Love. I don't know how you lay lay a number with Kansas City at the moment. I mean, you mean I Kansas it. Giants should have won that game. I, you're right. And honestly, I don't know how much worse Jordan Love is. I'm not saying I think Jones is okay, but Jones ain't a world beater for the Giants. True. That's true. Hey, we're talking Breeders' Cup when we come back. Rich Ang from the Daily Racing Forum is going to join us. We invite you to keep it right here. Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's going to be Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Fired up, ready to go. Another big weekend of football. We got the hockey trade behind us, so I can really focus on the Breeders' Cup. Delmar tomorrow, Saturday. I'll be over at the Superbook tomorrow doing the shows. Andy Isco will be swinging by. I hope you stop by. Saturday, I'm going to go over and actually play the races on Saturday over at the Golden Circle Sportsbook Sports Bar uh, with Tony Neville. It's going to be great fun. Some of our friends are going to be coming in. We're going to have a good old-fashioned hootenanny. Our buddy Craig Mucklow's coming out. Dennis Bernstein's coming in from L.A. Going to swing by. That's a hootenanny. Going to, yeah. The most interesting man in horse racing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got piece of two horses? Is that right? He's got, got Stormy, and I believe it's going to Vegas. He's got a little... He's, yeah, he's involved in the mm-hmm. you know, horse owner. I have, to, I have to drink my drink with a pinky out or something. <laughs> All right, this is going to be a treat for us. Rich Ang from the Daily Racing Forum here in Vegas. And uh, let you know how you can get his picks, too, because he's, he's a man who knows what he speaks of. We've done so many Breeders' Cup and Derby seminars together and wanted to get Rich on to talk about this year's edition of the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar again, Rich. How much, bud? Well, first of all, hi. Thank you. How excited are you? I'm always excited for the Breeders' Cup. Hi, Stevie. Uh, hi, Brian. I do. Uh, you know, the, the Breeders' Cup is our uh, Super Bowl. It's our World Series. Uh, it's our uh, NCAA Final Four championship game. It's all rolled into one. This is where all the championships are decided, basically. How much, uh, Rich, you know, every race is a snowflake. I get it. But how much did have you gone back and looked at the first go around of the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar? Were there any real significant trends uh, from that edition of the Breeders' Cup at Del Mar that we should be paying attention to? Well, I know I've read some of the uh, data from people analyzing the, the last Breeders' Cup at Del Mar and the fact that very few favorites won. But, uh, you know, I kind of take that with a grain of salt because... Because it's the uh, Breeders' Cup. <laughs> yeah, it's the Breeders' Cup. I mean, every field is loaded with talent. You're going to get a lot of upsets. Uh, horses who look like they're locks uh, can lose on a day like the Breeders' Cup because there's so much potential, so much talent, so much ability in the other horses, too. And, uh, you know, I, I actually put more stock in the fact that I, I handicapped Delmar in San Anita and Los Alamitos on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, I, I get the advantage of seeing the races every single day. 
and uh, there are certain things that stick out uh, that, that you want to know about. So I, I don't put as much stock into the the, the prior results at Del Mar, uh, but you know, but there are trends that you can you can glean from just watching the races every day at that racetrack. If it's the European horses that come over for the uh, for the Breeders' Cup, I, I think you got to take a look at them on the turf. How good is the crop this year coming over from, from Europe? I think it's pretty strong, Stevie. Uh, in, in, in as we've matured through the Breeders' Cup, sure, now into the third decade of it, I think they've done a much better job, especially with the uh, win in the Urine Challenge Series, where they've had some of these races go to uh, England and France and Germany and stuff like that, and uh, even over as far as Japan and Hong Kong. So they're, they're really trying to, to make the reach of this more international. And I think because of the size of the purses, too, uh, you know, some of the top trainers are really looking at it. And so well, we, we've got a nice cross-section of uh, European horses and quite a few horses from Japan in Asia that uh, I think I think the talent level is pretty good, Stevie. I, I think they have to be considered very strongly when you're looking at these races. All right, Rich, tell them, first of all, tell them how to get get your picks and, and all the information, and then we'll start doing the deep dive here. Well, there's two ways to, to get my picks. Uh, uh, for the last 12 years or so, I, I've done special reports, a multi-page analysis for brisnet.com, and uh, they sell for $20. But uh, also for those who are local, I, I make it available on uh, Ralph Siraco's, uh website uh, for the radio show, RacedayLasVegas.com, that people can hear on this station every morning. So uh, those are two locations on the Internet, Brisnet.com or uh, RacedayLasVegas.com. The price is $20. All right, so let's go in. Let's focus on Saturday, right? It's the big day. And... Let's go to the fifth race at Del Mar. It's the second Breeders' Cup race. First race is kind of a small field. Uh, this is the Breeders' Cup turf sprint, and this should really be a fun, fun race. Uh, Rich, I'm taking a peek at the number 10 gear jockey. Uh, Lascano's a real sneaky good jockey. The, the only concern I got here is maybe, you know, a 105 buyer could be a little bit of a bounce. But the thing that's interesting with the turf sprints, you know, you watch, you don't know where these horses can come from, certainly from Europe. Uh, could be parks where they have really high stakes turf sprints. I always kind of look at Philly, of all places. But this one's last big race was coming out of Kentucky Downs. Yeah, Kentucky Downs uh, has a very, very strong meet. The quality of horses that are coming out of there, I'm actually giving a, a little plus mark horses coming out of Kentucky Downs. And, uh, you know, the thing about a race like the, the, the turf sprint, it's only five furlongs, and you've got a huge field. And what's going to happen, you're going to need racing luck. And uh, by that, uh, folks who are not that familiar with horse racing, um, you know, just, just think it's kind of like NASCAR out there. you got all these cars all jammed together. And, you know, to do your best running, especially in the stretch, you've got to have a clear lane. And uh, like in NASCAR, you can get blocked behind a, another car. In horse racing, you can block behind a wall of horses. So uh, you need some racing luck to, to, to get clear and be able to do your best run. So uh, that part you try to handicap. Uh, a lot depends on uh, the quality of your jockey. You want to get the, the best riders, which assemble here for the, the Breeders' Cup anyway, the top jockeys from all over the world. But, um, you know, gear jockey is one of those horses that certainly uh, I like also that, that's got a big shot. Uh, in the race, it's really tight. Some of the other horses that I'm considering very strongly, uh, uh, the 11 uh, Fast Boat is a is a horse that uh, uh, coming out of Kentucky Downs and ran a good race behind Gear Jockey. Kind of had some. Uh, if you look at the racing form comments, 
I mean, this is exactly what I was talking about. It says tight quarters kept on. So this horse had a little bit of an issue and uh, wasn't able to, to finish as, as well as uh, potentially. So now you get a better price. Uh, the horse is 12 to 1 in the morning line, guys. Uh, the one glass slippers is uh, the horse I like coming in from Europe. Uh, finished third in the group one um, over in Longchamp last time out. So, you know, there's a lot of animals that uh, this thing could really blow up on the toad board. Oh, I know. I mean, well, back to your initial point. I mean, you and I play the horses every day of our lives. And, you know, I could tell you when the $10,000, you know, claimer is maybe sitting on a good race because they only have so many in them. And they give you those little telltale signs that today might be the day. The problem is when you get to this day and you've got a field of 12 or 14, you can make a case for six, seven, eight of them because you're talking world-class horses, world-class trainers that have them all cranked to be ready to roll on the big day. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, when we play horses on a day-to-day basis, uh, it's just kind of easier to sort out, filter the horses, who, who are the haves, who are the have-nots, and then there's always the, the trainer intent. Sometimes you're using one race to get ready for another race, kind of prepping a horse for uh, another spot that, down the road in the condition book. But you can be rest assured that on Friday and Saturday at the Breeders' Cup, nobody's prepping for anything. <laughs> yeah. They are going they are going full bore for the pot, and everybody who's in the race uh, is going to give it their best. And, uh, you know, like we, we've talked about on the radio show with Ralph and some of the other uh, fellas, um, Ralph likes to say that he, he's not that interested in horses that look good on the racetrack because they're all supposed to look good because these are all grade one animals. He wants to know who's not looking good mm-hmm. or maybe not training as well as uh, they should be. So, you know, those are the kind of things that he, I know he looks for. Well, they all look good in the wind photo, I'll tell you that. All right, so let's go to race six, the dirt mile. The one thing I would say we have to want monitor that the, obviously Friday's maybe a helping point in let's see how the track's playing and more than anything you're hoping for a fair racetrack no biases but i look at this breeders cup dirt mile rich there's a lot of speed in here uh, i'm going to go to the rail with silver state seven to two you got to love the connection steve asmussen and santana his go-to rider i mean the race looks set up for a closer but we'll see how the track plays well the favorite in the uh, dirt mile is horse called life is good and if people have been following this, the saga of this animal, uh, this horse started out in the Bob Baffert barn, and the reputation of this horse came early on, because if you look at the daily racing farm past performances, uh, this horse went off at 1-5 to five mm-hmm. in the horse's career debut and won for fun under Mike Smith. And um, this horse uh, uh, was with Baffert, was, was, had won the San Felipe, and they were pointing for the Kentucky Derby, and uh, unfortunately, uh, got sidetracked by uh, by uh, some sort of uh, injury or illness, but uh, the horse did not make the Kentucky Derby. Would have been the favorite or one of the favorites in the race, guys. But uh, anyway, Bob Baffert had some issues in uh, Kentucky. At yes, Churchill he did. The Derby <laughs> and Medina Spirit. So there was a trainer change. The owners of Windstar Farms uh, decided to move this horse to the East Coast to Todd Fletcher, another Hall of Fame trainer, and uh, this horse. Uh, the first race for Putcher was in the uh, Alan Jerkins at Saratoga, and this horse was favored over Jackie's Warrior. That really said something when you're favored over a horse like Jackie's Warrior. And uh, I, I thought this horse lost because of human error. Uh, Mike Smith got taken off after losing uh, the, the Jerkins by a, by a neck, 
and then uh, the horse won the Kelso, literally galloping. So this is one of the strongest favorites uh, in the two days of the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, oh no, and believe me, people swing at the pick six, and you want to try to find those singles, and clearly life is good, could be really good, and, you know, we'll see what the pace structure of the race is. They're big races on Saturday. Rich Ingram from the Daily Racing Forum is our guest. More to talk about on the Breeders' Cup. Two great days. It's a great weekend of horse racing. If you're coming to Vegas, swing by the Superbook at the Westgate tomorrow. Saturday, I'll be over at Treasure Island. Back to Vegas in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 159, the Sports Good Radio Network. Brian Blessing, Steven Slapshot. I got my pen out. You? Hell yeah. We're, we're taking, taking notes here, man. Richie talked you better. This is one of my, I could do this all day, honestly. I mean, get off the radio, I'm just going to call Rich and talk to him for about two hours. Oh, he'll but we might that. as well do it on the, well, yeah, he might not answer. <laughs> I, I tip my hand there. Rich from the Daily Racing Forum. We love talking. You know, it's one of the great things about the sport, Rich. I mean, all sports. You love to, I mean, you can talk if you're into it, right? I mean, you can talk horse racing all day long with your friends. Oh, yeah. It's an absolute language. It's a fraternity. And, 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 and the beauty of uh, horse race betting is that we all root for each other to win. And it's possible for everybody to win because it's a paramutual system. So uh, we all root for each other. It's, it's really a fun, fun activity. You know, in this day, I mean, I'm telling you, the exotics, the pick threes, the pick fours, the big pools, you get the overlaid prices. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity. Hey, let's go through some of the races. Obviously, we'll get to the classic with you in a bit. But on Saturday, the, I want to specifically want to ask you about uh, the filling in mere turf, race seven. Bill Mott's got a horse with Leperu aboard. We're like goddess seven to two. I mean, you don't want to be looking for the you know seven to two, four to one, you know, in the Breeders' Cup. I mean, you're looking for the grenades to go off here. Obviously, there's a European contingent in here. I but I think we're, uh, this horse, we're like goddess, looks really good. It's done nothing wrong. Won six to seven races, but the one uh, to her outside, Rich, the eight loves you only. This is a Japanese-based and bred horse or filly, excuse me. And, you know, I'm just wondering, does this horse float up? You know, it's a horse from Japan. The time for numbers, Rich, I mean, she looks like a must-use to me, but I get a funny feeling people say, oh, the horse is from Japan, and they don't play the horse. Well, you know, when I started the segment with you guys, I talked about, you know, they're recruiting horses uh, from uh, Europe and from the Far East, and uh, this is an example of one of them. This is one of the best horses in Japan coming over. If you take a look at the uh, the transformation, what they do with uh, the money currency uh, from yen to dollars, this horse has earned more than $5 million in her career. So she's legit. She's a real racehorse, and uh, I think she's certainly one of the ones you got to consider. Uh, you know, the racing at Shot 10, uh, Happy Valley, where it's at, it's some of the best horse racing in the world. So if anyone's going to throw this horse out because uh, she's from Japan, I think they're making a mistake. No, I mean, you know, like we said, you know, see what they look like on the track. I, I, I think you know she, she the, those numbers, boy. Uh, I think you're hard pressed not to use her. Anybody, anybody else in that race at a price, Rich? Yeah, well, there's a couple other fillies to consider. Uh, a filly that I certainly like an awful lot is the number six, 
course called love just four words or four letters l-o-v-e if you take a look at the one thing that just jumped off the page at me she ran in a group two stakes at the Corée at the ireland she carried 137 pounds those are like forego type weight assignments and and on uh, Saturday, she's going to carry 124. So just on the minus 13 pounds alone is a, is a big change, a very positive change in her, uh, you know, in her favor. And then the, the winner of last year's Philly and Mare Turf, the 12, Audaria, now she's right back. And you can tell by the way her uh, resume is for this year that the trainer has been pointing for their spot because she's had a very short campaign. But uh, here she is again to try to defend her title. So, you know, there's a couple of horses I think uh, have a strong possibility. You know, one of the reasons, it was funny, Stevie, Tony Neville was in here the other day, and Stevie was asking Tony, you know, some questions about horse racing. Tony's a big horse racing guy. And yep. there was a very interesting question. And to the point where, you know, the European horses come over here, I think on a weekly basis, you know, in the summer months, people thumb their nose and ignore the European horses, and they go off at 10 to 1 when the horse should be 5 to 2, and they win all the time. Because it's an unknown when you look at time form ratings, and, you know, people just kind of tend to gloss by them. But the reason a lot of times they freak rich, and you talked about it, if it's the Carrara or, or all these different tracks they're coming from. In Europe, the majority of the races, they're running clockwise. Here, when you get to North America, they're running counterclockwise. And it's a subtle thing, but it's not a subtle thing. You don't know how these horses will react to that, and there could be a horse that comes over from Europe, and all of a sudden the horse is running counterclockwise, and when they switch leads and go to that right lead in deep stretch, the horse just explodes, because it's the first time they ever the horse ever ran going uh, you know going the different direction yeah and if you take a look at the diagrams of some of these race courses there's hills and uh, yeah you know and and in uh, japan they're they're not always ovals like in the u.s a lot of them are just up and down uh, left and right <laughs> you know it's it's very interesting uh, how some of these courses have been laid out uh, from a long time ago so uh, running in an oval is uh you know, sometimes is new to some of these horses you know, there's no doubt. Hey, let's go to the next race. It's what for years and years and years. It used to be my favorite race of the year. Uh, the Breeders' Cup Sprint is just a mad dash. It's always great fun. Um, I worked the Breeders' Cup up at Woodbine. Lead the Justice. Gray blur in the stretch coming from last to first. And you think there's always so much speed in there that it's, uh, it would be a closer. And historically, that's not been the case. Uh, and this year, I mean, there's just a monster. I do, I do think there's one from off the pace, maybe Aloha West you could consider. But there's gonna horse going to take some serious beating in the Breeders' Cup sprint, Rich. And you had mentioned uh, him earlier. Yeah, it's the number two horse, Jackie's Warrior, and I, I mentioned uh, him in the same sentence with Life is Good, who's running in the dirt mile. But these two had an epic, epic race to, against each other in the Jerkins, and uh, people have a chance to watch the replay uh, on YouTube or something like that. Uh, it, it was really a marvelous effort by two of the best animals in, the, in, in training in the United States. Uh, so, you know, like when I was talking about life is good as a potential single, well, Jackie's Warrior is also a potential single. She could be one of the shortest price favorites on the card, and uh, it's going to take something uh, unforeseen. She's going to have to beat herself, basically, guys. You know, I mean, the controlling speed, goodbye. I mean, potentially. But that's the nature of this race, Rich. I mean, getting position into the first turn is a big deal, but breaking from that two holes probably a good thing. Yeah, it's a one-turn race, six furlongs. There is some other speed, but, you know, there's speed, and then there's 
you know, unbelievable speed. This this horse is lightning quick. And when Steve Asmussen decided that, uh, you know, these two-turn races uh, was not uh, his cup of tea, um, he has turned into a champion sprinter. And uh, Joel Rosario get, has, has had the mound, and he's as good as there is as far as a, a jockey uh, for talent. He's, uh, he rides all the big races. It's just fantastic. All right. Then we go to the ninth race, and this is the uh, the Breeders' Cup Mile. And again, you know, this turf course, the Mile is such a prestigious race uh, with these horses over in Europe. And there's, I'm, I'm going price hunting, Rich, uh, and I think you have to. I think this is one of the races that could really boost everybody's exotics. And again, I, I'm, I'm going to be digging in here and find a European uh, somewhere along the way. But I always look at the, you know, sometimes the great trainer, the other horse. I think Raging Bull with the Rod Ortiz aboard could have a big closing pick, uh, kick the number four at 15 to one, one that's been kind of on the fringes, but I would not discount. And another one I think that merits consideration at a big price is Casa Creed the 13. Bill Mott sending this one out. Junior Alvarado gets the mount in. I love Alvarado, especially on the turf. He's got a clog in his head, but he's really good coming from out of the clouds. I think there's a price play hits the board here big time. You know, it's very possible. You get you got a 14-horse field going a two-turn mile on the grass, and the horses are going to be coming from every which direction when they turn for home. So uh, it depends on getting some racing luck and a, a clear trip to, to do your best rally. Uh, I would never denigrate anyone's pick, especially when the prices are 15 and 20 to 1. That's what horse racing is all about. You're trying to turn a toothpick into a lumberyard. But uh, there's a few horses I'll mention. Uh, a trainer that uh, I have grown to, to really like over the last few years, he was certainly a, a Hall of Fame-type trainer in England, but it's Charlie Appleby, mm-hmm. and he's got the two horses in this race uh, uh, that should be considered. The one is the, the Master of the Seas, and uh, the other one is the Three Space Blues. But uh, he's been sending over some good ones over the last few years, winning rich races in the U.S. Uh, you, you, uh, another horse is uh, Pearl Galore, the number 12 going to have to try to figure out how to save some ground from the outside uh, there. And uh, another horse, uh, American horse, Mo Forza, really mm-hmm. loves Delmar and uh, is in top form for uh, for uh, Peter Miller. So Mo, Mo Forza is a horse that uh, I think you should consider also. Before I get to the classic, I mean, there are defined betting strategies, Rich. I mean, you know, with sports, there's in-game wagering. The one thing I would ask you, I mean, you do all the due diligence. You have the horses you like. But as you're watching the weekend unfold, you got to see how the track plays. But the other thing is, historically, we've seen this before, my friend. You know, be it Friday into Saturday, a trainer gets on a tootsie roll or a jockey gets hot. Uh, you know, it might cost you a couple of extra bucks. But if you see somebody's got the hot hand, you might want to be adding them into any exotics you're playing. Well, yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's certainly no problem following a hot jockey or a hot trainer. Uh, you know, those things happen. Also, the reverse happens. If a trainer or a jockey gets cold, all of a sudden they can't win with a one-to-five shot. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, those, those are things you have to play by ear as you go through the card. And as far as the betting, you know, it's it's the kind of day where uh, you got to be careful if you're going to single these horses. I know we've talked about singling a few horses, but if you can beat one of those in quote singles, then the the tote board just blows up. So um, a lot of times people like to spread on the, on day like Friday or Saturday because if you can beat some of these favorites, your your vertical and horizontal wager is just going to be unbelievably valuable. All right, the finale, the classic, 
and this race worth six million bucks. Rich, there is so much speed in this race. This one's a Rubik's Cube. Does somebody, do they all go to the first turn saying, I don't want the lead? Does one horse go out and gun it? And then because everybody else is reticent, slow it down and keep going? Or do they go hell-bent for leather and something comes up from off the clouds? Well, you, you raise a, a question that all of us handicappers are going to have to answer looking at this thing because you do have a, a few horses who look like if they don't get the lead, they don't win. One of them's uh, the favorite, Nixco, likes to be in front. Another one's the Baffert uh, Colt, Medina Spirit. Looks like doesn't get to the lead, doesn't win. So uh, there's some very fast horses in here. I'll be interested to see how the number six art collector uh, is ridden by Mike Smith because this horse has a lot of speed, but I think this horse would be better suited if Mike could sit second, third, fourth and let the others do the dirty work for him. I'm, I'm here pumping my fist into the sky, Rich. I had a Derby future on Art Collector. I, I told Tony Neville, playing before the Bluegrass for the Derby, he gets hurt the week of the race. Sure enough, the horse has turned into something special. But I did watch Art Collector's, uh, the one race he ran, uh, when he won the Bluegrass. He doesn't need the lead. He he could get first run at the pace setters. He can sit in the pocket third. He has tactical speed, but he doesn't need the lead. Yeah, that's that's a valuable lesson. That's that's the kind of horse that I would like too. If you can sit third, fourth, fifth, you know, and let others battle through fast fractions. Let's put it this way uh, for your folks who are watching on uh, television on Saturday. If they go a half mile and forty six, going a mile and a quarter, there's an excellent chance this race is going to fall apart, and you're going to see some horses flying from the back. No doubt about it. This is going to be so much fun. Rich, tell them about all the goodies, how they get your picks. Uh, once again, uh, they're available on brisnet.com or racedaylasvegas.com. I've got both days up there, Friday and Saturday, 20 bucks each day, and I do uh, uh, five, six pages worth of analysis and suggested wagers, which includes a lot of vertical bets, uh, especially attack the trifecta pools, guys. A lot of part wheels to try to spread out and make a score. I love it, man. Toothpicks to lumber yards. Words to live by this weekend. Great stuff, Rich. Thank you, my friend. Great to talk to you. Hope everybody has great success at the Breeders' Cup. Wrapping it up next. with SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. with you. Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 159. 159er. <laughs> you got to do an audio drop for them. It might work. They might have a shelf life. We'll see. Uh, we're glad to be with the Sportsbook Radio Network. Scott Farrell's coming up top of the hour on the network. We can't wait for Vegas Hockey Hotline today after the big trade. Want to take your phone call? Stevie and I will be here. Call us from Buffalo, too. Want to see what your take on this is. Uh, Vegas Hockey Hotline, KSHP.com, a listen live function coming up after Stevie gives us some injuries. So for Green Bay, we know that Jordan Love gets to start against Kansas City this weekend. He's going to have Devontae Adams back in the fold. He has cleared COVID, and he was at practice today for the Packers. For the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, ankle. 
whether Barkley is positive for COVID, and they're retesting today. They think they had false positives over there inside the Giants facility. Barkley still has swelling and soreness in the ankle and is now doubtful Sunday versus Vegas. For Houston, Tyrod Taylor hamstring. David Coley confirmed that Taylor will start Sunday versus Miami. For Cleveland, Odell Beckham, shoulder. The Browns excused Beckham from practice the last two days. He is doubtful to play Sunday versus the Bengals, and he could be released here shortly from the Browns. For Arizona, a couple of biggies. DeAndre Hopkins, hamstring, mispracticed again today, and Cliff Kingsbury said he is not sure if Hopkins will be available Sunday against the 49ers. Also, Kyler Murray, ankle. He also mispracticed mm. today. Mm. And Kingsbury described Murray as day-to-day, Brian. Whoa, wait a minute now. This kid's game's all about his feet. If Murray can't go, it's Colt McCoy who would get the start on Sunday. That's a big one. we got to watch that. And then for Dallas, C.D. Lamb, ankle. He injured that ankle in practice yesterday, limited in practice today, and right now questionable Sunday versus Denver. Thanks to Rich Hing from the Daily Racing Forum. Get the shows up for you at Brian Blessing. Follow him on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. Follow us to the next hour or stick around with Scott Farrell on the network. If you're a hockey fan, we're talking the Eichel trade. Taking your phone calls, going to be great fun. KSHP.com, there's a listen live function there. Great stuff today. It went fast at the Superbook tomorrow on Vegas Sportsbook Radio.